Welcome to the Women Living Healthy Podcast, where we empower and inspire women along her self-care journey, her spiritual path, and her wellness transformations. Join us weekly and begin embodying your true essence and authenticity. Become your very own wellness expert and embrace a life filled with good health, vitality, abundance, and purpose. This is episode number 18 on the Women Living Healthy Podcast. Today's episode is entitled, How to Drop the Mental Weight and Find Your Power to Thrive with Dr. Radisha Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thankful Thursday right here on the Women Living Healthy Podcast. This is your host, Dr. K, and as always, thank you for tuning in with me today. So very excited. Today's guest is Dr. Radisha Brown, and Dr. Radisha is a licensed therapist. She's a wellness expert, and as well, she's the founder of I Thrive Therapy and Wellness Center and the best-selling author of the book, Girl, Get Off the Couch and Stop the Self-Hate and Lose the Weight. <laughs> so Dr. Radisha is here today to share her personal story toward wellness and to talk about her amazing book that uh, just was really inspired by her own life challenges. And so this book, Girl, Get Off the Couch, it, girl, get off the couch means much more than just losing physical weight. It means changing the way that we live our lives by changing our mindsets. So Dr. Radisha's mission is to help women to learn how to drop their mental weight and find their power to thrive. So let's go ahead and jump right into today's interview. Dr. Radisha, thank you for joining us today. It is such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to your listeners for sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, I tell you, you have such an inspiring story. And I have heard you speak across several different platforms about your inspiring story. And also, I have read your book, Girl, Get Off the Couch and Stop the <laughs> Self-Hate and Lose the Weight. Right, right. <laughs> I say right. it like that because that's what it makes you feel. Like. I felt like when I read, like, I got to get off this couch. I got to skin me. It was like really just like my sister was talking directly to me or like my best friend girl you better get off of that couch <laughs> yes. you know what that's exactly why I wrote the book I wrote it for me I wrote it for people like me I wrote it for mm -hmm. my sisters I wrote it for my cousins I wrote it for my girlfriends yes. and it's meant to be it's meant to be said just like that girl get off the couch <laughs> <laughs> well I certainly felt it and I mean your story is just so empowering for more reasons than one and I mean it's just very obvious is that through your own life experiences, your adversities, your challenges, your emotional pains that you talk about at such a young age that you experience this and, and even through your adulthood that, I mean, from all of that experience, you have gained so much resilience and you're a beautiful woman. I see your face. Our listeners can't. I wish they could. <laughs> um, but it's like you've gained so much love for yourself, right? And and also being that you're a therapist, so I know that you have a lot of compassion for your clients and you right. have gained so, just so much wisdom from, from all of your experiences. So I want to just then start off with you just telling us a little bit about the story behind this beautiful woman that you are and just talk a little bit about what major life experiences inspired you to write such a personal, empowering book. And also, if you can touch on what really inspired you to become a therapist as well. Right, right. Well, you know, I'm giving you all this dark chocolate for those <laughs> that can't see the picture. I'm giving you all this dark chocolate today. Beautiful, because, beautiful. You know, you know, my story of becoming a therapist, I often say that I was born into it, right? I was a kid of a alcoholic mom and a non-existent father, right? That so many of us experienced. My grandmother, 
who I call my angel, um, raised me until she suddenly passed away. And, um, and I talk about that story in the book, but ultimately I was left as a foster kid and alone, feeling abandoned, kind of going through the system of foster care. And at an early age, I knew I wanted to help other kids like me in whatever way that came. My sister said, you're either going to be an attorney or a therapist. So she was the first one <laughs> to speak it into my life. Right. I was, I was always very empathetic to people's stories because of my own story. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, it, I carried a lot of um, abandonment issues, a lot of pain that I did really well hiding, right? And that my book, Girl, Get Off the Couch, is all about my personal transformation um, from the internal weight that I was carrying to the physical weight that is what it manifested as. And, you know, I looked fine, quote unquote, on the outside, but I was living in emotional hell in the inside. Most nights I cried myself to sleep. I didn't feel I was worthy. I didn't think this dark chocolate was beautiful. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was suffering in silence like many women um, today. And, and the way I cope with that was eating and eating and eating a lot of food and specifically fried chicken. I often tell people that I ate fried chicken like every day for a straight year, like mm. every day, right? And if you're in the South, you know, if your listeners are in the South, you know that Publix has the best fried chicken oh, yes. ever. <laughs> and the sweet tea, because you talk about the sweet tea in your book too, Girl, like how you were addicted to that sweet tea. <laughs> Girl, for, listen, my daily meal was fried chicken, sweet tea, and cornbread. I eat that. <laughs> every day right the folks at public <laughs> knew me by name like i was friends with everybody i'd go in and chit chat they were like we no nah, don't get your food from the from the uh the ones that's out there we're gonna cook yours fresh in the back that's how much wow. plug i had at Publix, right living the life but right. you know, it took a toll on me it took a toll mm-hmm. on me physically i um gained over 80 pounds uh was obese in 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 all definitions of the word and really just felt hopeless inside. Still got up, went to work like many of us, took care of my responsibilities, came home, brought myself to sleep. And um, had a cheating husband and nothing, I always tell people, nothing put weight on you like a cheating husband, for mm, sure. Mm. But through my uh, transformation journey, through my healing, right, I mm-hmm. realized that the, the experiences that I had as a child really shaped the person that I chose to marry. Meaning that those um, my response to the trauma that I experienced early on really um, shaped who I became and not healing that trauma and hiding from that shame and being so ashamed of who I was really put me in a place, in a vulnerable state to really just accept anything, right? I accepted uh, um, a man that said he loved me, but he routinely cheated on me. And then I blamed myself, right? So mm-hmm. even though I wasn't experiencing the good times he was having i was at the house crying wondering what i did wrong mm-hmm. when he was out having a good time like many of us that i carried right. that shame and that that weight on my shoulders which affected every aspect my men- mental health my physical health my emotional health how i worship god all of it until one day i was crying um crying out to god and and, and thinking about my grandmother who was who, who was the most, in my mind, the most powerful woman that ever walked the planet Earth, right? And, and thinking like, you know, I can't live this life no more. I don't like who I am. I don't recognize myself. I don't like what I see in the mirror. And I just can't live like this anymore. Something has to change. And in that, 
in that moment, later a dream, um, God said, uh, you know, girl, you got to get off the couch. And those simple words, like, what do you mean just get off the couch? Because that couch for me and for many people rep, um, represented all those negative thoughts we felt about ourselves, what I felt about myself, all the negative people that told me I wasn't going to be anything, the negative experiences I held back, um, the pain that I suffered, the weight I carried. I sat on that couch and it impacted my mental, physical, and emotional health until I had to get off the couch, meaning that I had to start and fight to take my life back. No one was going to come in my house, kick down the doors and save me, pull me from the couch, mm -hmm. you know, take the fried chicken out my mouth, right? <laughs> and, and grab the sweet tea. Nobody was coming to do that. Right? right. Nobody was going to save me. And in that moment was like, holy camoli, I got to save myself, Jesus. Mm -hmm. I got to get up and do it. You just can't do it for me, right? And so that was the start of my transformation process, getting help and, and seeing a therapist and all that good stuff that I talk about in the book. But it was, it was like walking through hell with no water, right? Mm -hmm. People talk about healing. And I often tell my clients that I work with, listen, if you want to heal, get ready. It is going to be like walking through hell with no water Absolutely. because everything around you changes your vision mm -hmm. changes because mm -hmm. what you see and what you allow in your life right now is based on experiences that lie to us experiences that told us this is all you get experiences that told us that this you're not enough experiences that said um you know you're not beautiful you're not pretty no one will accept you you're not smart enough to start a business you're not smart enough to go to school you shouldn't be anybody's boss all those experiences and those traumas lie to us. And so how we see the world and how we see ourselves is based on a vision of lies. And healing changes our vision, right? You have a different perspective on the people that are part of your life. You start weeding out those people that don't support your healing journey and your transformation. You import new people in your life you start changing your love life and the decisions you make in that, you know, I got a divorce um, and which was really tough, but it was needed for me in terms of to save my life. I feel like I needed to do that because I felt like I was going to end up in jail because I was going to kill somebody, mm. running somebody over. That's just <laughs> what it is. When you yeah. ain't pain. Mm -hmm. When you're in pain, you don't think clearly. That's right? true. Yes. And so I, I often have people say, well, I just don't understand how she could do X, Y, Z. How could mm -hmm. I? Listen, pain lies to us. Absolutely. It gives us a different vision of reality, yes. of our experiences. Mm -hmm. it and does. in order to change our vision, we have to address the pain. And nobody mm -hmm. wants to address pain because it makes us uncomfortable. Right. You don't want to be comfortable. <laughs> I, I was Listen, I was good eating um, Popeyes, and, uh, Popeyes and, and Publix fried chicken. Right? Uh huh. Right on your couch, right? Right on my couch <laughs> with my comforter. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what the journey is about. It's about mm -hmm. changing mm -hmm. our vision and what it requires, and it requires a lot of courage. A lot, a lot of courage. It does. It, it really does. And I tell you, it's not until we are pressed to the max mm -hmm. in order 
and really for us to realize how much courage and bravery we really do have until we are tested to the fire. And right. I can resonate with your story because I done been through, you know, a, a divorce. I'm remarried now. Um, mm. I've been through, you know, a lot of pain and suffering, but it was through really being pressed down, right? Mm -hmm. And just really mm -hmm. challenged under that adversity. And that really brings out the best in us, right? And right. For most of us, because it ain't all of us, right? right? I think that some of us, you know, don't really take the opportunity that this is a, a possibility for me to heal right. through my adversities. And so right. I always like to look at it like, you know, being pressed down under our challenges is like getting wine from a grape, right? And what does right. it turn into? Like fine wine, like yourself. Right. I mean, you just fine wine now, honey. <laughs> right. That's what so like, Yeah. So it's like a, a refinement process. And, um, but in order for us, you know, for whatever God has for us, in order for that to come out, sometimes we, we have to be, you know, have that pressure, you know, that refinement to take place. And um, so we can get out the good juice what's inside. Right. Right. <laughs> and then it manifests right. into something great. So, um, but yeah, all, all that you said, I want to unpack it a little bit because there's some, some very um, just important points that I want our listeners to get today. And um, so let's just, let's just talk about first, I want to talk about your grandmother, because I think that, like you said in your book, her, your relationship with your grandmother, and then also this dream that you had, was really somewhat of a catalyst for your own um, self-revolution, right? Right, um, right. So tell us a little bit more about your grandmother, because in the introduction of the book, you talk about your grandmother first, and how much she influenced your life, and right. the self-revolution process, and you even right. stated that she talked you how to love yourself right to value right. the woman that you were becoming right. and then in chapter 11 you talked about again this is where you, you, you mentioned about the dream that you had um, about she told you to get off the couch or, or something like that mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about a little bit more about your love for your grandmother and that relationship and how that really was the catalyst for you to come into the self-revolution absolutely my grandmother was old school country born and raised <laughs> cook to the nine best cook in the family she was just a very loving person and really was forward thinking in so many areas of her life and how she saw life and how she saw the world and um and so we were all very close to her she was everybody's grandmother and i always mm -hmm. felt a, a strong connection to her because she just despite the issues we had with my mom being an addict one thing she always said is that that's always going to be your mom and you always have to res respect her mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and, and that it that it was okay to love her even though she wasn't a part of our lives and that took a lot of empathy for her right. it took a lot of grace for her because most people i would you know most people would be like oh she ain't no good and blah 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 but the type of woman she was, I always say, if, I, um, if I'm 10% of the woman that she was, then I would have exceeded all expectations I have for myself. Mm -hmm. And so we had a very close bond. Her, she, her, as well as all of my siblings, we were very close. And she just saw the world differently, right? She knew, because she was older, reason, reason five little kids, she knew that there would likely be a time that she would leave this earth and we would still be relatively young. So she tried to prepare us for that. We, she was thinking ahead in terms of what we needed to survive life without her being in it. Right. And so one of the, one of the things that she instilled upon us is, is womanhood. This idea of what a woman is supposed to do and who she's supposed to be. 
right? And and one of the things that, because my mom had five kids, just boom, 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 back to mm-hmm. back. She mm-hmm. always said uh, she, my mom was a restless soul. Mm. But um, she said that it was important as a woman, we knew that our bodies was just not for the pleasure of men. That's her, right. right. That mm-hmm. we were here for a greater purpose, that God had purpose in our life. And it wasn't just for the pleasure of another person that there was important work that we needed to do and, and education was a way to do that and to open opportunities that you know as a as a kid a poor kid in rural south carolina opportunities you never thought possible mm-hmm. so here here's this woman with a third grade education she was a cook for all of her life retired as a cook at a grocery store and challenged the system that was in place that told us, you know, we were, that's all that was, that's all we were supposed to do. Right. We Mm -hmm. were supposed to just um, cook, clean and have babies. Right. And Mm -hmm. so many people in our community, that was their story, but she told us that didn't have to be our story. And we, we got a choice in that. And to always pray and let God lead you. And, um, and those words of wisdom Um, even though she left me at, uh, she passed on when I was 11 years old, have really carried me all Mm -hmm. of my life, right? Mm -hmm. Have really Mm -hmm. carried me through some of them in the darkest moments of my life. And and I carried that and it really became a a part of me and a part of the the driving force for me to really be the first person to go to college in my family, Mm -hmm. Um, the first person to travel internationally in my family, the first person to challenge the norms of just getting a high school education like that. That's just all we do. And then we work at a gas station or a fast food restaurant. Right. And so here's this woman, third grade education, really pushing and forward thinking and empathetic and Mm. graceful and cook like no other. And always remain grounded in the belief of Jesus and in the calling of God has having on our lives mm-hmm. and having on her life for us. And so some of the darkest moments of my life, I, I always, you know, remember her teachings, remember her wisdom and, and believe that she visited me in dreams to help inspire change and transformation mm-hmm. in my life, especially those moments where I just didn't, didn't know if I was going to be here, right? Wow. Uh-huh. I, you know, when I was in the midst of, of suffering, when I was in, in the midst of my pain and, and the more depressed than I had ever been in my entire life on my couch, I remember going to the doctor and getting a physical because I just had pain everywhere. I was just like in incredible pain. So they run, they run all this lab work and everything. Doctor comes in and says, listen, you're fat. He said, well, he said, you're fat. Mm. And if you keep eating like that, you're going to die within wow. 20 years. He mm. said, you're going to die within mm-hmm. 20 years. You're, gonna, you're on your way to developing diabetes, different cancers. I mean, you name it. He said, I was going to get it uh, because of the way I was treating my body. And that the pain that I was in was not physical in nature. There wasn't some growth or some external factor causing it, but it was emotional pain. And that I needed to change my life. Didn't tell me how or give me give me resources to do that. Just said that I need to do it and, and buy, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the lowest moments of my life, I just cried. And I'm like in the doctor's office crying. And he's just like, oh, I got to go see another patient, right? And so 
on my drive back from the doctor's office, I was just, you know, praying and crying out to God and thinking about my grandmother saying, this can't be my story. Mm-hmm. This can't be all that I'm supposed to do in this life. Right. And, and knowing and feeling within my soul that I had to change and, and knew that changing, I knew instinctively changing would change my whole life. Mm-hmm. that would change my whole life didn't I couldn't see the vision of what it would become you know mm-hmm. often people look at me now they 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 see me doing speeches they they see the success of the book and my story and and all these great amazing things that God has allowed me to do right I just I just came back from California at, at this um, music festival with all these celebrities and, mm-hmm. and um and talking and interviewing and i mean things beyond my wildest dream opportunities mm, wow but in the middle of it you don't see that right mm-hmm. you don't see mm-hmm. what is to become Absolutely. your goal is just to get through today yes right all i'm trying to do is just get through today mm. this this other things that happen these other blessings that have come in my life it wasn't a part of the story that I had built for myself. It wasn't like I sat on the couch and was like, yeah, I just got to get off the couch, do some stuff, and I'm going to have this amazing life. No, it was just like, I have to survive. Right. I'm in a fight for my life. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do something, if I don't start changing, I'm not going to make it. Mm. That's what that was. It was Mm -hmm. out of desperation. It was out of this is my last resort. I can't eat another fried chicken. Mm. It was, it was do this or you want to give up everything, give up your life, give up your purpose. And, um, and so change happens when you're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I always transformation for me and for anyone wanting to change whatever aspect in your life that you say, girl, I just can't do whatever no more. Whatever the whatever is, if it's work, if it's personal relationships, if it's weight, if it's health, um, if it's, you know, changing jobs, starting a business, whatever that thing is, that couch is for you in your life, you're only going to transform your life when you're uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Change never happens when you're comfortable and living good and just like, oh, I ain't got no worries. I'm good. Mm-hmm. It only happens when you're uncomfortable because it requires us to dig deep and to That's find right. find those places that are hidden, even from us, from mm-hmm. our uh, from our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so and digging mm-hmm. through the unconsciousness and digging through that unconsciousness and in, in mm-hmm. that healing journey. Mm-hmm. You get inspiration from different places. My inspir- one part of my inspiration was not only my spiritual work, mm-hmm. but also um, my grandmother, right? right. And, right. And, and my and my therapist. Mm-hmm. My therapist was one of the people that I credit for helping to save my life. Mm-hmm. She was in it with me, right? I felt that support. I felt somebody close that understood stood the pain and understood the the emotional battle I was fighting mm-hmm. because. Outwardly, it looked like I was fine, mm-hmm. but I was fighting a battle for my life internally. And so often, many of us women, we fight these internal battles yes. that people have no idea what mm. we're going through. Mm. No idea because it looked because our makeup is done, our hair is on fleek, mm. we look good. <laughs> yes, all chocolate is in season. Right, right. It looked like from Facebook, from Instagram, we live in our best life. But in fact, <laughs> we living in hell. And I, yeah. just took, 
I just decided to take the mask off and I taught to tell my truth. And I wrote the book specifically for people like me because some people do give up. That's right. the reality. Mm -hmm. Some people do give up. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I told my story. And it wasn't <clears throat> my plan to tell my story. It really wasn't, right? It started mm -hmm. off with, as, as a journal. It started uh -huh. off with journal, journal articles, journal entries to help me heal, right? Mm -hmm. Part of my therapeutic process. And it's pretty interesting how God works. But uh, at the time, I was hosting a radio show in Atlanta. And one of my guests for the show, we were talking about... Uh, uh, Christianity in the workplace and how does that look and how do we still operate in the workplace but having our Christian belief and 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 turns out the guest was a book publisher as well okay and so and so we're just chit-chatting we're just talking about hey she lost weight and and she was she, she we talked about my weight loss transformation 80 plus pounds Mm -hmm. um, as a part of my healing journey, the physical transformation that took place, I literally looked like a different person for too many that knew me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she was like, yeah, we gotta just get your story. And I was like, you know, I've been just kind of writing about it in my journal. Right. And, and, and she was like, well, do you think I could read some of it? And I was like, sure. Here, mm -hmm. you know, like here, whatever. We end up being friends. I was like, sure. Uh -huh. Hey, you might have some inspiration to get over the hump you're experiencing or whatever. Right. From the book. And she called me. She was like, we have to publish this. Like, I, this is going to help so many people. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's like being naked in front of people. <laughs> that's what my, I was yeah. like. <laughs> my response was, my exact response was, I was like, everybody's going to see me naked. And she mm -hmm. was just like, huh? I was mm -hmm. like, everybody's going to know my secrets. Right. That takes All a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And it took me from the time I said, sure, to the time I actually get, signed the documents to publish, mm -hmm. it was about it was about three months. Three months. Mm -hmm. I was battling. I was battling. Mm -hmm. I was so uncomfortable. I was battling I back bet. to God. God, what are people gonna do? Yeah. Lord, everybody's gonna know. And, right. and I went I went through great lengths to hide certain truths mm -hmm. about me. Great mm -hmm. lengths to hide. And um and, you know, and I continued my my healing journey, continued my therapy. And then, you know, God was like I relieve shame. I relieve you from shame. And that's the thing that we all carry. Mm -hmm. And um, and I often tell people, once shame is gone, it's like, whatever. Look, right. that, just put it in. that girl, that's Put that shame aside. Absolutely. <laughs> put the shame aside and embrace your love and acceptance for yourself. Right. 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 I mean, I, I think that that's where we come into, you know, that we are enough to do that. Right. Right. And, um, so, yeah. Amazing, amazing story that you have. And so, again, let's let's unpack this a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so you talked about um, change, which is very hard and it makes us feel uncomfortable. Definitely. Right. And you talk about um, coming into this awareness because in chapter I think it's chapter one. Uh, where you really talk about this chapter is entitled "Sugar Is the Devil," but really, <laughs> <laughs> and it is right, right, right. <laughs> but you really talked about like coming into this awareness that we're addicts, right? Right. And not just addictions to food, right? I mean, but all of these strongholds that we have, you know, on our lives, uh, whether that be, you know, not just the sugar and fried chicken and the sweet tea, Doctor Radisha. <laughs> <laughs> But is it yeah. Right. But the toxic, yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, I always often say 
we find three one of the three b's to comfort us mm -hmm. when we're in pain right because we naturally want to be comforted as a human as a woman i want to be comfortable and i'm right. finding ways to be comfortable but mm -hmm. when there's pain, when there's unresolved trauma, mm -hmm. when there's stress, when there is anxiety, I have to find a way to become comfortable to deal with that. And we mm -hmm. often use one of the one of the three B's, right? Mm -hmm. For some, for some, the you use the bakery. That was mine. You know, I'm in. The, I'm look. If it's a sweet thing, I'm eating it. If it's fried chicken, <laughs> I'm eating it. I'm gonna bake my way through it, right? Okay. Wow. Well, okay. The, so the bakery got it. Uh huh. All right. The second B is the bar. Right? The bar, okay. Some, the bar. We're gonna find some alcohol. Mm. We're gonna find some liquor. We're gonna find some beer. Wow. We're gonna, we're gonna try to drink our way. Right. Right. And when you get the beer, sometimes you want a little drugs with it. So it may mm. be one or the other combination. Mm -hmm. And um, the third B is the bedroom, right? Mm. We find love. We try to find love and comfort in the bedroom to mm. cope with whatever pain, anxiety we experience. Wow. Those that's one good. of the three Bs. That's mm -hmm. one of three Bs, and that's what we look for. And that's the thing that we have to pull the covers back, mm -hmm. pull the layer back to deal with and be able to acknowledge and not feel shame about it. Listen, right. this is how I dealt with my pain. I ate everything, wouldn't lay down, mm. right? If, you, if, you're, if the bar is your, your coping mechanism, this is how I'm drawing every night because my life is a hot mess. You got to mm -hmm. be, there has to be an awareness and an acknowledgement. Right. If you do not acknowledge where you are, change can't happen without acknowledgement. Absolutely. Change yeah, and so that, I love the three Bs. I know a bakery, bar, and bedroom. <laughs> I love it. So, so what about these? Um, like we get so addicted to our own self-limiting beliefs, our own negativity, right. our own guilt, um, even our old patterns and beliefs. I mean, so that is something as, as well that we need to become aware of, right? Right, right. And it's, it's, the, it's the past experiences that have lied to us. Mm -hmm. And being open to acknowledging the lie that we've told ourselves that, have, that has affected how we see ourselves and things we accept in our lives. Mm -hmm. Part of this healing journey is the realization and acknowledgement that my mama lied when she said I wasn't going to do anything, right, and be mm -hmm. anything. My daddy lied when he said I wasn't enough to love and to be there and to be present, right? Mm -hmm. My ex lied when he cheated on me and said that it was my fault. Whomever or whatever the lie is that has affected the way we see ourselves, the beliefs that we have, the self-limiting beliefs we have, we have to acknowledge it. And that's hard and it's ugly and it's yes. painful. And it's a lot painful. of fear sets in. Mm -hmm. A lot of right. fear sets in. So you're basically saying, so we need to first identify and then get rid of some old baggage. Right. <laughs> right. We right. got to get rid of some clutter. We got to do some spring cleaning because I think when we do that and that, you know, when we make space and get rid of all the things that are no longer serving us, then that makes right. better for an opportunity for things that we really want to happen in our lives to manifest. Right. Right. If so if they, yes, if that space is occupied by, by something or someone that's not serving you, mm -hmm. then you're also saying no to the thing that should. And that's will. right. Is occupying that space in your heart, your mind, physical, mm -hmm. all of it. And so being able to remove and unpack that luggage, you know, that we always <laughs> carrying around. You right. know, we all got that luggage. We got people in the luggage. We kind of carry <laughs> places in the luggage. We're trying, we're trying to solve everybody's problems. Right. 
we trying to help people with school. You know, we got everything <laughs> in this luggage that we right. have to unpack, right? Yes. <laughs> we got to get off the couch and, and do some spring cleaning to unpack those luggages right. that have been jam-packed for who knows right. how long, right? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think this self-awareness, it really brings us to this level, then therefore we can have self-regulation, that we right. are able to control some of these addictions and our impulses and our, you know, our moods and so forth, right? Right. Um, so let's talk about change, because, again, you, you mentioned in your um, in your book, Chapter 10, change comes with a conditioning mind. Right. And right. that we've been conditioned. And, and so in order to overcome this conditioning, therefore, this means that we have to create new habits. We have to have new ways of thinking about ourselves and new ways of doing things. And so in Chapter 15, uh, which is entitled Creating a Plan for Success. You talk about how we need to visualize the changes that we want to see happen. And not only that, but we need to take action and we need right. to plan for success. So tell us a little bit more about these ideas from what you have gained from your own you know, story right. and how we as women can overcome this fear to change and embrace these new habits and new ways of thinking to have a better life. Right. I often say... If you can't visualize where you're going, say you're going to get ready to go on vacation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you just know, hey, I'm about to go on vacation. And somebody asks you and asks, where are you going on vacation? Oh, I don't know. Somewhere, uh, somewhere <laughs> where there's water, right? And it's like a lot of places where there's right. water. Right. You want to know specifically where I am, where are you going? What location will you be at? What hotel will you be staying in? who will be there as a part of your vacation and what you will be doing on vacation. Mm -hmm. Your life has to be visualized in this, at the same level of detail. Mm -hmm. You cannot head in a direction unless you can visualize, visualize that change and that new life you're trying to create. If right. you are stuck in the old habit of thinking, if you're stuck in the, I can't visualize myself differently. The thing that helped me so much on this journey is seeing a new life for myself and visualizing. Some days I was like, I just don't know if it's possible, God. I just don't know if I could be happy without a um, husband, mm -hmm. right? I just don't know how I'm going to feel in a house by myself, right? But I, but I constantly, daily visualize that life for myself, being independent in my home, feeling comfortable in my home, traveling going to different places, speaking to people, helping people, and loving myself, looking in the mirror and smiling and saying, oh, that's, you look good today, Radisha. Mm -hmm. Those things I visualize, even in the midst of my pain and not being necessarily feeling it that moment. But I knew the direction I was going. I was clear in the direction I was going. And what I tell women and what I talk about and try to explain in the book is that you have to have a vision for your life mm -hmm. and what and what do you want it to look like who do you want in it what do you want to feel when you're in it how do right. you know that is different and in as much detail as possible so that you continually head in that direction and you measure the people you measure the events you measure the activities in your life against the vision you have for your life mm. then it becomes really easy to filter out the noise to filter mm. out the people 
that are no flow, no longer serving you in your vision. So you filter out the guy that's there for a good time, looking for good time, Sally, like my grandma used to say. You filter <laughs> out that guy, right? Uh-huh. Okay, that's an easy filter because the vision I have for my life includes a partner that loves me for mm-hmm. me, that that's want that wants to make a life with me, that wants to have children with me, that Absolutely. wants to travel with me, that wants to explore new opportunities with me. So easy, I'm able to. Uh, filter um, the guy looking for good time Sally I'm also able to filter out the people that are that come in to say you can't have that you're never going to find love you ain't good enough for nobody you you need to do this you need to do that oh I know where I'm headed that's that means I have to take a left turn nope I'm headed straight down the path of my journey and my direction having that vision for your life helps you in multiple ways, filter out, clarify the path that you have to take, even if you have to go through some some lows, um, some valleys, or some hills, you're still headed down the direction you have designed and you have visualized for your life. Mm-hmm. And, un- and, and until you are clear about the life you want to make for yourself, you're going to go in circles, right? Right? You're, you're, you're going to keep um, losing that five pounds and gaining 10, right? And that was the journey I was on for a long time. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep trying this and trying that and end up in the same place. You'd be like, well, I've been going through all that and I'm still in the same spot. Right. And somebody asks you, where are you going? I'm not sure where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um, but being very clear about, and sometimes we feel shame and, and even wanting the things that we want in our lives because we tell ourselves we don't deserve it. Right. Right. So often I told myself I didn't deserve a life um, where I could travel and have someone love me unconditionally with me. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's the life I visualized for myself. That's what I wanted at the end of the day. Although I wasn't receiving in that moment. Right. Um, And, but my, my vision for my life helped me to clarify and to filter out the people, the places, the activities, all the things that weren't ser- no longer serving mm-hmm. me in, in the role and in the path and in the journey towards the vision I was creating. Mm-hmm. And so as you plan for success, an important piece to that is being able to visualize not only the life you want, to, to visualize the life you want in as great as detail as you want to, because it is a, it is a trip, right? It's the mm-hmm. most important trip you're going to take in your whole entire life because yes. it's going to be the design of your life. Absolutely. And, it re- and it requires all the level of attention and detail that you can create for it. Um, that's right. And, and that's part of the plan. That's part of permanent change. Doesn't mean that your journey will be perfect. You're going right. to have setbacks. Mm-hmm. You're going to have setbacks. Losing 80 pounds. I had a lot of setbacks, right, on that journey. It wasn't like, hey, I hit off the park and I lost 80 pounds. No, I knew I wanted my vision for my life included health, included feeling better, included being able to walk up the stairs and not feel like I'm about to lose my all my life because I can't breathe, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, my, or, or other areas that of my life, um, the back pain, the knee pain that I experienced because of the excess weight in my life and the other inflammation responses that were going off in my body mm-hmm. as a result of the stress, the anxiety, and the food that I was, the um, unhealthy foods I was putting in it. But right. I knew the vision I had for myself, even mm-hmm. though I couldn't, I didn't know in that moment that I had the strength to get to my vision. 
I knew what I wanted and I was clear about it. And that helped me on the, on, in the lows of my life, right. Mm -hmm. To continue down the path. Cause I had a plan, right. Right. I had a place, I had a place that I was going on vacation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and so that helped. And so that's really what, what I'm trying to express in those chapters is the importance of having a vision for your life, despite mm -hmm. what you experienced, despite what your mama, sister, cousin, best friend, neighbor, pastor said that right. you're going to be. What is it? What is it that God has ordained for your life to be? What is it that? What is your heart's desire for your life? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. who do you want it and who you don't want in it, and what do you want it to look like? How do you want to feel about it? It's mm -hmm. so important. And to not have shame about that. Not feeling shameful that you want to be married again, right? Not feeling mm -hmm. shameful that you want to have children or that you want to start a business at 60 years old, right? Whatever that journey is, it is your own journey. Um, and, it's, and it's only yours for purpose. There's only one of you for a purpose, right? That God right. only created one of you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so so good, so good, and also just being grateful for our failures, right? Right. So talk, talk about that. So chapter twelve, you talk about it's entitled "Be Grateful for Failures," and so you talk about, or you actually um, quoted this. You said, "You are a success from the moment you start to push forward." Right. So talk about right. like how you define success in this chapter, and how we as women can get unstuck from, like you said, our setbacks and our failures, our heartaches, our pains, our adversities, and our challenges. Talk about what you right. talk about in chapter twelve. Mm -hmm. Right. The reason I wrote that chapter is oftentimes people believe that healing looks one way. Right. It looks linear. Mm -hmm. It only it only goes forward. When in fact, every step you take, the failures or the successes, you learn more about yourself, yes. you learn more about your experiences, and you get that much layered deeper in your healing journey. And success looks different for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes success is uh, filing for a divorce. Sometimes success is seeing a marriage counselor and getting, getting therapy. Success is individualized. But it also means that each step you take, you're learning and you're growing because you're figuring things out along the way. Absolutely. Right? You can take four steps back and say, oh, man, I went and ordered some fried chicken, ate some fried chicken. Right. I knew I, it was a reminder of what it felt and that place I was at and the reasons and the things that are triggering me to get the fried chicken. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that was a piece of my healing and my learning and uh and my success right mm -hmm. people people might say oh well that's not success if you um ordered some fried chicken and ate it you know when you were feeling very lonely no that it was success for me because i figured out that it was loneliness causing me right to eat, yes right mm -hmm. that it was this thing and so now that i know that it's loneliness causing me to want to get fried chicken and eat and step back into those negative patterns, then now I address the loneliness, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? I address the thing that's, uh, that I've learned from the step that I took. So each step you take is success because each step requires a level of learning and insight that you gain right. from experience, from experience. Right. Mm -hmm. This journey is not going to be pretty. Listen, sis, if you want it nice and pretty in a boat, this ain't what you want. <laughs> this ain't what you want. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, you're right. It, sometimes it's, it's gonna, not pretty, it's be, but it's just so. Girl, 
growth that's happening up under the surface, though. Right. Even though we may not outwardly see, you know, results, but up underneath the surface is like you're planting the seeds, just like a, a small right. seed, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of the um, the parable of the Chinese bamboo tree. Have you ever heard that? Uh-uh, Where the bamboo tree, the Chinese bamboo tree, is is like it. It's comparable to our personal growth in that, you know, sometimes our progress or our growth can really lay dormant underneath the surface for for a long time until we maybe are spiritually ready for it to happen or something to manifest in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so it may appear that our growth is happening very, very slowly. And so like with the Chinese bamboo tree, like this tree, like for the first year that the seeds are planted to like the fourth year, there's like no growth whatsoever. And so most people that look at the tree and it's been watered, it's been nurtured, but there's no growth whatsoever. So most people right. will say, well, we're, there's no vitality in this tree. What's happening? Right. But what they don't see is that in order for this Chinese bamboo tree to grow, and it grows exponentially very quickly when it does start to grow. But what they don't right. see up underneath the surface is that it's spreading its roots. Mm-hmm. It's spreading its roots all just really, really far out. So therefore, it's going to be able to maintain its exponential growth when the growth does happen, right? Wow, and I so, love that. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, I think, um, an analogy that I use quite a bit for, for a lot of people who are really, a lot of women who feel like, okay, I'm not reaching my goals fast enough, or I feel like I'm having so much adversity even when I have set goals for myself. And I don't see the success, you know, but yet there is success happening. And you just can't see it yet. It's up underneath the surface because you have to be able to, when you do reach success, you have to be able to sustain your life. You have to be able to sustain that. And if you're not ready right. for it, if you haven't built a solid foundation, then you're going to fall over and you're right. going to crack up under pressure, right? Right. And um, so I think it's very important that there that we have to have a lot of patience and perseverance. Right. That perseverance is something. Man, yes, that's what you talk about word. in your book. Uh-huh. That's a word right there. <laughs> yes. Word. That mm-hmm. word right there is everything because mm-hmm. you're going to have challenges and unexpected roadblocks on the journey. That's part of the planning. The part of the planning mm-hmm. is planning for setbacks, planning for people um, um, standing in the way of your progress and your healing. That's part of your healing journey to expect those things. Mm-hmm. But perseverance helps you and keeps you um, on the journey. And I love your analogy of the tree because mm-hmm. it's so, so true that even in, in what we think are setbacks are really exponential growth in the making, right? right? Yes, yes. They're just set, setting the stage for the leaps and bounds that we're getting ready to take in our lives. And I often tell people, if you think you're going to wake up one day and your life is just going to be automatically different and things that so you're going to drop 40 pounds overnight and, um, and that everything, poof, all your problems are going to be going. No, it's going to happen slowly, steadily, consistently. Mm-hmm. And then one day you're going to wake up and be like, Oh my God, I remember when <laughs> right. this right here, you know, <laughs> like even now, sometimes I wake up and be like, oh my God, that feels like another life ago. That feels like mm-hmm. somebody else's life. Right. Like I cannot believe there was a time in my life that I felt so bad about myself, that I mm. felt so shameful about myself, that I cried myself to sleep every mm. night on my couch. Mm. I cannot believe there's a, there was a life in which I allow someone to disvalue me and to discount me and to make me feel like I wasn't good enough for them, right? right? I cannot believe there was a life in which 
I didn't see how amazing I am, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the gifts that God has given me and blessed me with to touch other people's lives. But there was a time, it just right now feels so far away, but it happens over time, right? That's For right. each step we take. But I promise you, if you're consistent with it, if you're committed to your vision and ready to roll up the sleeve and get down and dirty with it, mm. because this healing journey requires you to get down and dirty yes. with it, to take yes, out some is. things that maybe maybe you've relied on for a long time, to get rid of some people that are not serving you, to change up some things and some areas in your life that, that you've just gotten accustomed to having. You know, but I promise you it is so worth the effort, right? Yes. Change requires and it's worth the effort. And and so often we don't think we're worth worthy of the effort. That's and it. But, but we are, we are. And the reason there's only one of us is because there's a special gift that God only gave you. Yes. Only gave you mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this life. And it's important that you share your gifts and embrace the life that you have because there's only one of you for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so... That's I want to just encourage everybody that wherever you are on your journey, no matter if you're just starting or you're well on your transformation process to understand and to remember that whatever effort is required, you're worth it. You're worth the effort required to change. Yes. Well, it's apparent that God is using you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> And you have answered to the call. And, and just doing all that you do as a therapist, how do you take care of your own mental and physical and emotional right. spiritual well-being? Right. I'm, I'm often asked that question. Mm-hmm. And listen, I tell people I do the work, the same work that I have my clients do. I have to stay on it because I carry not only my burdens, but I carry theirs, right? right. I take their journey very personal and their vision for their life and the change they want to make for their life very personal. And so I uh, meditate, I pray, I um, exercise, I have a community of amazing women that support me, love me, and encourage me on the days I feel like, what? I can't believe I I can't do nothing else Um, that, that remind me of my purpose and my and 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 the the impact i have i also take breaks when i need to that's Mm -hmm. also important as a part of the journey when when things get too much and i need to take a break that's i'm going to take a break right and so i continually commit to doing the work i do my affirmations which i think are so important because we're all struggling with something right Mm -hmm. there's always something Yes. From media to somebody telling us we can't do something or we're not good enough about something. And we all have those struggles. I still have those struggles at times, right? And I talked about this um, event I just had um, that I just attended. And when the music stops out of um, San, San Francisco, California, just got back. And when they initially asked me, I, I said, I, I didn't commit to it because I just didn't feel like I was good enough for something like that, mm-hmm. right? I didn't feel like, I was like, hey, who am I? Like, I'm just, just, I'm here in Georgia. There, you know, it's going to be all these important people. Like, that's, I'm not good enough for something like that. And so I had to, you know, press in and push forward and be uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And really step out of my comfort zone to say yes, right? To right. say yes, even though in, in some moments I felt like, oh my God, what am I doing here? And so I constantly do the work that mm-hmm. I have my clients do and, and I take chances, right? I, I risk failure because mm-hmm. even with failure, I'm grateful for because it teaches me something. Yes, absolutely. 
That is good. Very good. Are there any other key messages that you want to leave today with our listeners? I want to tell them, I want to remind them to wherever you at, girl, get off the couch and, and <laughs> listen. Yes. Good. Yes. Get, get off, off the couch. The couch. <laughs> get off the couch. Listen, this is your time. There is no better time than now. No better That's time right. than now to heal and mm. to do the things that you, your heart is crying out for you to do. Mm. Come on now, it's, it's time, it's long enough. Let's get That's on out right. the couch, get going about our business. Yes, yes. So how can listeners get in touch with you, Dr. Radisha? And um, as well, how can they purchase your book? I know it's on Amazon. Right, and it's on Amazon. Uh, or you can uh, hit me up on social media or my website, um, at Dr. Radisha Brown on Instagram is where I spend a lot of my time. Just hit the link there. Um, you can go to girlgetoffthecouch.com. You order from there, and I send you a autographed copy of the book in the mail, uh, which is really, really awesome. Because unfortunately, with Amazon, you know, it goes from their distribution center, so I can't put these personal messages that I like to put in people's book. Mm. But if you want to get that personal message, and you just go on over to Girl get off the couch.com and purchase your copy and I send it to you. We have the audio books of you, your person that's like, Oh, I don't really want to read anything. I'd rather listen in the car on my drive. We have that as well. Okay, good. Um, we have the e ebook or, or the um, softback book. So you get to choose, mm -hmm. but um, come on and see me on the gram. Dr. Radisha Brown. I love to hear from you. Love to talk to you. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dr. Radisha, it has been great. This has been some good soul food and you keep being who you are, being blessed, <laughs> vibrant, <laughs> being inspire, inspiring and empowering other women and um, doing what you're doing. We thank you so much. It, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, sis. I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be a part of this, um, your audience and to, to be a part of the show. What you're doing is amazing. And the calling that God has on your life, I want to just encourage you on your journey. And you're touching women's lives. And, and I just, I'm look, I'm a fan, right? Oh, thank you. Yes. thank you. I'm a fan of yours for sure. You already know. <laughs> thank you so much, honey. You take care. And All right. we'll have you back on. All, All right. Righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Women Living Healthy podcast, where the purpose is to empower and inspire women along her self-care journey, her spiritual path, and her wellness transformations. Join us every Thursday. And if this was your first time tuning in, please click follow so you don't miss out on one of our exciting episodes. And also, please leave a review. We appreciate your feedback. And we look forward to connecting to you next time. Take care. <laughs>